as a classroom teacher, I think it's, uh, you never want to humiliate. Do you remember, I think last week, this is not humiliation, last week when uh, we were telling you about someone who was responding to the 21-day challenge, well, she's here in the front row and is just giving her heart to God. Before the service started during worship, amen, all praise to God for that. I have a, uh, a couple of announcements actually very quickly before we start into kind of unveiling and unmasking this year's restoration. And I'm only going to have a few moments. Pastor is going to deliver the word. But um, a couple of announcements. Number one is that the youth are going shopping tonight for a young boy and a young girl who would otherwise not have a Christmas. And we are meeting at the uh, North Maple Walmart at 5 o'clock this evening before we come back here to wrap that stuff and then come to the children's Christmas play this evening at 7 o'clock. So, uh, parents, please drop them off at Walmart at 5 o'clock. If you would like to stay, it's not going to take long. And because of transportation, we may not have enough, but we do have quite a few leaders that will be driving. Um, we can coordinate that when you get there. But if you would like to stay, you're more than welcome to because it's not going to take that long to do and, and bring them back and wrap the gifts here. Uh, also, I want to publicly thank our leadership team in the youth ministry for giving eight hours of their day yesterday for our leadership summit. And all I want to say is there are major changes coming in the youth ministry. Major. But I can't tell you anymore. Now, um, I also uh, would like to start, I think, this morning by, uh, if you can go ahead and put up the first slide. We are talking about the restoration. We're talking about uh, what just happened at the altar here before I got up to speak. Restoring lives. Amen? And God is in the business of restoring lives. We all have different hobbies that we're into, but that's God's hobby. He restores lives. He puts the broken back together. What Humpty Dumpty's men couldn't do, but the king can do. You understand that. So we are here to restore lives, to mend the broken to fix things that cannot be fixed by man and by repetitious um, actions and, and tradition and rituals and routine of just attending church. God is in the business of restoring lives and restoring years to those that the canker worm has stolen and what seems to be destroyed, God can put that back together. God's mercy is unbelievably amaz amazing, isn't it? God's mercy is never ending. His love is everlasting. He's an amazing God that we serve, and he fixes things. So um, this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the past, but really focus more uh, on the now and on what we are planning to do this year at the restoration. And there are some changes, and we want to go through that. So very quickly, um, we want to give you a few dollar signs. And by the way, we're about a month ahead of schedule from last year and the previous years doing this. Merry Christmas, but let's focus on the restoration for a moment. All right? And then after today... We're going to give you dates for January. We don't have to have a big unveiling uh, service in January, uh, just something else that will happen towards the latter part of January, uh, what we do every year with the offering, and we'll let you know when that is. But um, go ahead and put up the next slide. Year one, uh, you can see some of the prices of the bands. You can see some of the bands that we had, and you can see the total amount for the bands. I'm going to give you about five more seconds to examine that because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. I want you to see who we brought in, and I want you to kind of compare prices here. Go ahead and go to year two. Remember, year one was just the rest. battle cry for Zanesville, the restoration. The restoration was our theme, but it's become um, who we are. We're, we're restoring lives, and we're um, creating an atmosphere at a community-wide level where God can move inside of four walls um, at a community-wide level. Year two, make it louder. The restoration, make it louder. You can see who we had and what the prices of just the bands were. This is just the prices of the bands, nothing else at this point. Um, and you can see what we spent. Now, obviously, from year one, uh, we went down a significant amount, 5000 some dollars just saving on the bands. Um, and I could be wrong if my math is off, but it looks like 5750 something like that. Year three, if you go to year three, remember last year, the restoration awake. Um, and you can see the prices of the bands and who we had in. A speaker was in uh, addition to that. That was a tour. This, uh, this was all a tour, all of this right here. So we got all this stuff together as a tour. Worship was Hearts of Saints last year, $2,000 for the entire weekend compared to $5,000 uh, the two years before for the Michael Gunger band. 
So that's a $3,000 cut, and they're going to do it again this year for $2,000. Total cost of the bands last year was only $8,000, a huge chunk of change different from the first year, and a little bit of a change, four or 5,000 uh, difference again from the second year. So you're thinking, wow, the bands keep going down. This year we're getting all of our bands for $10. No, that's not going to happen, but, um, but I will kind of explain to you uh, the break here in the price so you can see this. Um, if you go to the next slide, I want to mention a couple of changes for this year. Production company has been JSL Production, which is all the sound and lights, and we had the LED lights blasting through Seacrest and all these changes um, that we're going to be having. Um, this is going to be a step up in the quality of this, which is the sound's not loud and good enough, right? But it's going to be a step up in the quality of the sound. It's going to be a step up in the equipment. It's going to be a step up in the lighting. It's going to be a step up in the professionalism. And the guy who ran JSL Productions or helped kind of co-lead it, who I've been getting all my ideas and I've been talking with him for three or four years now, probably once a month, sometimes once a week during certain months, and we talk and communicate a lot. His name is Ron Williams, and he gives us the best deals for, for people who minister at a good price. It's their living. You understand that. So um, what we're doing is we're stepping up in the production because Ron Williams has moved from JSL Productions to Tech Art Productions. So we're still with Ron Williams. He got another job. Okay. He was never on salary. Now he's on a salary. God has blessed him more now because a lot of things were um, questionable with him and it was hard to do what he did full time. Um, and some things happened, some falters and fallouts happened, but this is a good move for him and a good move for us. So we're going to get a step up uh, for the same cost because um, he's about souls. That's what he's all about. So, um, and uh, Hearts of Saints had a band member change. If you remember when they came here, they've played here twice and they played at Secrets once. The guy that played the guitar over on this side, he had a baby. He's getting, uh, he got married. He had a baby. That's the order. Okay. Um, he got married a couple years later. Uh, he had a baby. So his life is kind of changing and his desires and things are changing. But they quickly, they had been training someone else, kind of like a brother, for a while. And he just stepped right in, went out on tour, and it's the same band. So um, that's a change of Hearts of Saints. The lead singer's the same. Joel's the same. The drummer's the same. Just a guitarist. So um, this year, you're probably wondering, uh, parents are invited. Let me tell you why we're doing this. How many know that uh, the education of God and just about everything else starts in the home? Amen. We're inviting parents, and we're going to actually have a parent breakout session. We're going to have some details for you, but we want to speak to the parents of our community. Okay? We want to, uh, we want to speak to parents, obviously, that are saved. But, ladies and gentlemen, parents, you're in the same situation as your kids now. Go get them. Go get your friends, your coworkers, your parents of this generation. Okay, because we're going to have hopefully a breakout session down in the basement of hundreds of parents who don't know what to do and are at a loss of their drug addicted child of whatever the situation is. They don't I've had so many. I'm not even a parent yet biologically, but I'm a father to thousands. It seems like my wife and I. Um, but you understand that we have parents coming to us probably weekly saying, we don't know what to do. What do we do? Well, but I know what the answer is. And if you go to church and you love God and you spend time with God and you read the Word, you know what the answer is. So this is a chance for you to go get your, if you work in education, go get your teacher friends. If you work in a factory or in a business or a or corporate office, go invite them. Now, we're going to have some more details on this later, but you're going to understand why we're doing this when I unleash the theme to you in just a moment. Okay? So um, parents are invited this year. And we're going to give you more information because we have more information to give, but we don't want to give that information to you quite yet. So those are a few changes that are taking place this year. So the next slide, we'll, uh, we want to tell you who the bands are for this year. Um, kind of excited to do this. You can go to the first one. We all know is Hearts of Saints. They're going to be back for worship this year. Um, they're excited to be back. They have called our place since they've been here two or three times now, a home away from home. Um, Excuse me, they just, they actually uh, were going to come up and visit and just spend a weekend with us without playing any music and just stay the night in our basement and hang out and do some things in Zanesville because they like you guys a lot. Uh, something came up and um, the lead singer 
Uh, he also works at a social agency and uh, got called in to work for that weekend, was supposed to be on call and had been out on a tour for a couple of months. Their jobs are obviously very flexible with them, but um, that couldn't happen in November. But they, they, they love Zanesville. They uh, love the way that they're treated when they get here. Um, so we just want to let you know that they will be back for worship. They're going to be leading worship Friday evening. They may even close out the event on Friday night. They're going to be leading worship Saturday morning. They're going to be leading worship possibly in the afternoon, depending on the tentative schedule that we kind of have built. And they'll be doing a closeout worship session on Saturday evening as well. So they're going to be very involved this year. Do not go to the next slide yet. The guy that we're getting next, give you a little bit of background information. Bruce, you'll like this. Um, cause you used to skate to this guy and you probably still wouldn't do. He used to be with the newsboys for a long time. Okay. Um, he has had an unbelievable encounter with God, uh, probably around six or seven years ago. And the band, the newsboys, as you all know, maybe, I don't know, broke up. And now they have a guy that used to be with DC talk as their lead singer. It's a couple band members are the same, but they're the newsboys. Um, but this guy, um, was it acquire the fire about three years ago? And we heard him speak and his testimony is unbelievable. This, he is, um, he's, he's, he's the guy who started this, this whole 21 day challenge. Okay. He has a website. It's called, uh, uh, philjoel.com. And if you know Phil Joel, you can put that screen up now. Phil Joel is, um, is going to be speaking, but he also sings. He also plays. He's an unbelievable mu musician. This was one of the most favorite parts of Acquire the Fire three years ago by every single one of our youth, all the leadership out of everything they do at ATF, and that's saying a lot because his, his push is spending time with God. His push is having a life of prayer. His life completely changed. His testimony is amazing. But he does this 21-day challenge where it takes, if you've seen it, who's seen a couple of the videos I put up? Some are lengthy, but the, there's a purpose. Uh, and we're talking about getting rid of old habits. It takes 21 days to get rid of an old habit, 21 days to, to form a new habit. Some of us should look into this challenge. But this challenge is not designed as a quick fix or a fad. It's designed to launch you or springboard you into a relationship with God on a daily basis that maybe you've never had. You've had a streak here, a phase here, but you've never really every single day set aside time in your schedule. Well, I don't want to do that because it becomes routine. Well, get over that because as much as you need to eat physical food, you must spend time with God every single day. And this is what he's pushing, waking up every morning and getting alone with God and pushing this challenge. And he has a website called Deliberate People. Be deliberate about this. Do it on purpose. You understand? So when you hear this guy, when you hear this guy's testimony, and we're going to break it up because we have a few bands this year. We want this guy to lead an entire session by himself. Saturday morning before lunch. He's going to play, but he's also going to speak the word and preach and give his testimony. But he's going to do it acoustically. And he's gonna, and he's going to do a few of his songs. He's gonna probably go retro throwback and he does a lot of some newsboy songs that they used to do. Um, but this guy is awesome. And we saved a lot of money because of the connections and the hookups that we have with Ron Williams, but, but because this guy and he, him knowing what we want to do. Um, the next band, oh, a lot of, uh, maybe people part of the older generations may not understand. Some of you younger kids, I'm not even sure, but uh, go ahead and throw the next band up there. Uh, Remedy Drive. Raise your hand if you know who Remedy Drive is. Bruce knows. All right. I see a smile on Chris's face. That's good. Um, I encourage you to uh, look these bands up because uh, you understand when we go look for bands, you know, let me just say this. Someone say, I I've had so many people say, get Skillet, dude. Yeah, Skillet. They're the yeah, they're $35,000. I mean, come on. Well, get Pillar again. They've upped their price unbelievably. Well, get the Newsboys. They're pretty expensive, too. Get, uh, who's one of the other major bands? Switchfoot. Who would go for some Switchfoot? Hold forty to $50,000. Do you believe this? I mean, come on. When you hear them on the radio now, you're going to be like, really, guys? 
charging 50 grand to play a song on the radio to their listeners. I mean, it's it's a little outrageous. So when we look for bands, you have to understand when kids say, we want this band, uh, we know dollars. We know all the background. So I just say, all right, well, we'll, we'll look into it. We'll check it out. But I'm not going to. You understand. So we're looking for bands at a decent cost but who are good at ministry, and they're ministry-driven, you understand, not business-driven, okay? So this is a lot of a lot of prayers going into When the restoration ended last April, guess when I started thinking about the next restoration? No, even before the last restoration started, you understand? This is a long, ongoing thing. It's a cycle. I'm already thinking about the next restoration, you understand? You have to. You have to plan ahead like that. Okay, and the leadership team is they're unbelievable uh at helping and in leading beside of Jen and I. Um so Remedy Drive, go to the websites, check out I'm sure they have some pure volume websites. They have if you know what that is, you know music, you know they pro they do have a MySpace, they have a website of their own. You can get their songs on iTunes, you could probably uh, go to Google or, or Bing or Yahoo and the songs pop right up and you can play them and excerpts from them. And we're gonna start blasting these this music from these bands so we can get to know the words and things like that. But um these guys these guys minister. These guys minister. So um, uh, the next band I know that uh, a couple of people will be excited for this is uh, Decipher Down. Anybody know Decipher Down? You guys are going to have to get to know these guys. These guys, Chris, these, these guys preach, don't they? These guys are full of, of the Holy Ghost, of God. These guys uh, really minister at their concerts. Um, and uh, if you go by their appearance... Uh, you might think, oh, well, I don't. Well, they love God and they can preach like crazy. That's all I care about. Okay? So uh, we're going to have Decipher Down, and uh, I know that a few people in the community have been asking us to get these guys, but as of just now, we're just now announcing it and never told anybody what we were doing with the bands. But these guys are amazing. I encourage you, go to their website. I'll put this PowerPoint or keynote up on maybe uh, our New Hope website underneath the youth ministry. Uh, we'll get it up on uh, the website. Uh, of the extreme fire we are the restoration.com website uh, we have a temp website that we're building to make it more interactive and more updatable as we go through we're going to be putting restoration videos out you can expect one probably on monday again every few weeks to update you on the process of what's going on and to update the community as to what's going on and get them involved and there's going to be a lot of different things happening with the interaction of the event this year with the youth and even prior to the event so be paying attention to that the next person, uh, don't put up yet, but the next person is uh, kind of a treat. We've had him before, uh, but he was here at the church. And uh, not only, go ahead and throw him up, not only is uh, is John Rubin going to be uh, rapping and doing kind of a show this year. Who remembers when he came to New Hope and he performed here? Um, he uh, He's an easygoing guy. He's an, he's an awesome I think he's around my age. He... Uh, He's also, this is kind of cool, he's also going to be emceeing all day for us on Saturday, which means he's going to be the guy on stage all day Saturday giving announcements, and, you know, he's very, very quick on his feet, and he wanted, and uh, he didn't charge any extra for that. He just wanted to come hang out because, once again, he loves Zanesville, and he wanted to come back. And he actually had a show Friday night in, in uh, Pennsylvania and Saturday night in Pennsylvania, and he canceled the show Saturday night in Pennsylvania to be here. Because he wanted to be here all day. So that speaks uh, highly of the way that uh, the food staff gets the things ready, the, hosp the hospitality team, the greeters, the runners, the drivers, the, the people, how the event is ran. When people want to come back, that's a good thing because I'm sure more people hear it uh, more than others maybe at the event. But every artist that we have, every speaker, every pe uh, person that we have is um, – is excited to be back and goes on and on rant and raves about how they're treated here and how they say we're never treated like this anywhere, which is beyond me, but we do a, a really good job and God is in this. God has anointed all of this. So, um, so here we go. Break this down for you very quickly. 
I don't have music clips for you this year. Uh, we may, our internet may be down this morning or maybe just up. I don't know, but I didn't have time to get those together. But please go to their websites, Hearts of Saints. Phil Joel, just go to philjoel.com. He has all kinds of stuff on there, links to different things. The 21 day challenge thing that we printed off that PDF that we gave to our kids is on there. Um, deliberate people, um, and all that, all those things are on there. Phil Joel is 2,500. Um, Remedy Drive, uh, normally goes for three or 4,000. We got them for two. Decipher Down normally goes for about 4,000. We got them for, uh, 25. John Rubin. Uh, York normally goes for about three, but we got 25 plus the MC. So the total bands is 11.5. So it is up about 3,000 from last year, but that's okay because we're doing it anyway. Now, um, let me show you because I, this is important. Let me show you a few things real quick. Go ahead and throw up the next screen. Savings, some savings that we have for this year. Projector and screens are included in the production. We had to pay $3,000 extra just to get two screens and two projectors and the cables from another company the past three years. $3,000 extra just for renting two really good projectors and screens to have on stage at the past three events. This year, they're, they're, that same sound and light production company already has that stuff, okay? And it's not going to be near as much uh, in addition to that. Um, we're doing less merchandise this year because we do have uh, a lot of merchandise left from last year. Um, some things left over, so we'll be selling that probably at a discounted price. And then we're just going to get, like we might get last year, if as far as things to put on, we had two hoodies and three T-shirts. This year, we might get a hoodie and two T-shirts, but we'll also have everything else, okay? So we'll see how that goes. It just depends on the uh, the prices that we can get this year. Um, we're not going to do pipe draping for the lobby, which I think was like an extra $1,000 um, because a lot of the bands bring their own backdrops anyway, and we can rig something up ourselves. So again, it's just getting wiser in the money. Saving, we're saving $5,000 on bands. In other words, instead of 11.5, it should be 16.5 for bands. But that's the deal we got on all these bands. You understand? So we got a $5,000 break on the bands, and we're not, uh, providing airfare for anybody this year. And, um, all band equipment is provided, which is the backline, which means everybody's driving and bringing all of their stuff because in the past we've spent up to $2,000 renting things for bands to have because maybe they flew in and they couldn't take it with them. And that's what hosts and promoters do. They provide that stuff for them if they want to have them in. But everybody is driving and everything is provided. So that is a good thing too. Um, so this is, uh, if you put up the next slide, this is kind of what we know about the event so far. You, that was kind of the same as the last slide, but the production will be about 6,000 is 3,500 plus another 500 to um, have them come the day before, put them up in hotels. And so, so we're not rushed on Friday and not make it on time and start on time. So we've done that the past couple of years because it's worth that money to not be gone crazy when it comes to doors opening. Um, and then Seacrest is usually about $5,000. Um, I'm working on that. I'm praying like crazy. I'm going to be uh, proactive and go after this. If you have connections with the mayor, go see him. I'll give you papers and print-ups. I'm going to talk to him. Because like I said, a lot of those people are union. And, you know, three, four guys might come out of the woodwork at the end of the event who are sitting in a room making 35 bucks an hour the entire time. You understand? So we don't, I mean, sometimes you have to, you just have to pay that. You have to. Now, I'm not looking for a break. If we're not going to get a break, we're still doing the restoration. You understand? But if, if God will give us favor and you have connections, I believe in using those. Amen. So we are going to try uh, to do the best we can with that. Other things include merch, food, hotels, marketing, and assorted needs. One thing we want, we, this is something we really need for this year. We need a marketing team. Okay. We need people who have connections in the city, in the county, in our area with people. We're talking about printed materials. If you have connections, anything online connections, anything to where you can go to a business and say, Hey, we're doing this event that's going to change our entire city. Young people, their families. It's going to bring revival to the city. 
You understand? And if they're like, revival, what's that? It means we're going to bring this city back to life and restore it to how God intended it to be. We're going to be fixing families through God. We're going to be doing all kinds of things. And we're, I'm going to be spewing vision out to all these people. I want to go. I want to talk. I want to meet. I want to do that. But if you're like, well, I mean, I know this guy who probably with his business write a check for $2,500 and pay for Decipher Down. We'll take it. You understand? Okay? Because every year we're about three to four thousand dollars in the hole, and pastor says, "Well, you know, it's worth it." And it is, it is. But there's also a three or four thousand dollar debt that I don't feel comfortable with right here. Okay, I don't like that. I want to be a good steward. I want to do things the right way. So there's people out there. All the money is God's. I just need to know whose pockets it's in, and whose. Vi- and I need to. I need to give the vision. You understand? I, and there, I'm praying, I believe it, and it's going to happen. I just need some help. Okay? I need a marketing team, uh, maybe six people or so to say, I have connections, I can do that, and I'm on it. I'm going to call youth pastors, I'm going to call churches, and I'm going to bug them. And say, how many are you up to? Ten? That's not, well, how many is in your youth group? We got 17. They all need to be there, and they all need to bring a friend. If we have some outgoing people that are like that, listen, the goal is to fill it up. Why would it not be to fill it up? Okay, so we and parents, your job is to go tell parents, to go tell your friends, your peers, your colleagues about this event. Okay, so we need a marketing team of six to eight people, maybe who will say, "I'll make phone calls, I'll send out all these types of things." I mean, we take care of text blasts, we take take care of Facebook blasts, we take care of email blasts, we we do that stuff. But if you have any connections, we need you. We need you to make phone calls. If you have some influence, let's use your influence for this. Okay, and this isn't something like yeah, I commit. It's going to be a commitment for the next few months. It's not going to be yeah, I'll make two phone calls and then I'll quit or forget about it or whatever. Or because I tell my kids in class over and over again, does remember to bring something and give them like two weeks in advance, like advance to, to to remember. And I'll even let them get out your phones, write it down, send a message, set the alarm, put a big blue marker on your hand, blow right on your forehead, you look in the mirror, do something to remind yourself of this. Okay, we forget a lot. So let's let's do this, and I'm going to ask whoever decides to be a part of this. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it. It's for the youth of our city. It's for the young people. Well, I don't have a part. Well, in World War II, when we went to World War II, remember, everybody did something. The women went to work at the factories because they, they had to. It was necessary in order for the results to be what they were. We're World War II, and we could plan this whole thing in D-Day and blah, blah, blah. And then the kids even gave up joyriding and gas money and cars, and they gave all their extra money to, to the war and to finance and to help. The kids sacrifice. Everybody has a role and a part for this. It's generations working together because the next few years will determine the groundwork for the rest of your lives. You understand that? Because the generation right now that has 4% Christianity in it is the millennial generation right now. Born early 80s to early 2000s. There's hardly any Christians in it. And we want to reverse that. And this is how we start to do that. And if we can't, I mean, y'all look around and you're like, man, it's grim right now. It's, it's, it's very gloomy out in the man. Things may never change. I, but does that mean we shouldn't try? We should just quit and say, well, we'll just accept our fate. We'll just accept. We'll look, God's looking for warriors. God's looking for people who will fight through this. And it's not just the restoration. You, you make a big deal out of the restoration every year. What about what well, we're going to be making a big deal out of every Sunday night's youth ministry? Because it's not just the restoration. The restoration is one little event. It's a moment. We need a movement. You understand? It has to happen. Go to the next slide. This is uh, uh, our theme for this year. I'm excited to release this and reveal this and unmask this to you uh, today. And uh, go ahead and put it up there. The restoration, repairing the roots. Repairing the roots. Um, let me explain this a little bit and how this kind of came about. Jeremiah 6.16 talks about you know, God wanting you to stand in the way and ask for the old paths. And they're like, well, we won't stand there. And how to ask for the old paths. And because none of our kids know God hardly. Hardly if you ask any of the youth, how many of your friends know God? Not too many. I mean, like a very, very small percentage know God, how you're supposed to know God. You understand? In, my, in fact, I've come across kids a lot lately who don't even know anything, any story in the Bible, nothing at all. Jonah, the, who's Jonah? Who's Noah? What are you talking about? Nothing. Does that shock some of you? Because even if you're not saved, don't you think a parent would just read like little cute little Bible stories as a kid to you? They don't even do that anymore, you understand? Kids know nothing. 
we got a lot of root repairing to do. We have to go way back. Now, when I say roots, I'm thinking like you have to kind of get in my head, which is hard to do, but you have a whole timeline of history of all these places that went wrong in history and why we are where we are today. But not just the historical timeline of America and our world and Christianity, but the individual timelines of people. God's a planner, right? He knew you when. When did he know you? Before when? And in Jeremiah it says, and ordained you to be a prophet before you were born and before the foundations of the earth. Revelation says the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. God plans. He goes way back and plans way ahead, doesn't he? So we're looking at roots of individual people's timelines and saying, man, God had this for you. Where did it go wrong? Let's look at where you are now, 16 years old, April 15th or 16th, which is when the restoration is. And let's look at your timeline from when you were born. What happened? Divorce, drugs, alcohol, abuse, verbal, you cut yourself, you have an eating disorder, blah, blah, blah. What happened? self There's all these things that happen. We're looking for an unbelievable repairing to take place at this weekend's event on April 15th and 16th. We want parents there. We're going to be talking about families. There might be some skits, broken homes. How many years ago you ate dinner and every family member was there? You eat dinner now, no one's there. Everyone's out to eat. They're eating while they drive. They don't think about dinner. Just things like that. You see the breakdown of all of this. We're looking for unbelievable repairing and restoration to take place at this year's event. Because, look, we need to look at the roots because this is what happens. You have all these fruits of, of teenagers. See, teenagers know how to ask for forgiveness. We know how to ask for forgiveness. But there's a difference between asking for forgiveness and repenting. Not too many people, period, have repented. Turning your back, all things becoming new and old things passing away. Not too many people that call themselves Christians have repented. How many times have you gone to the altar after the, for the same thing over and over and over? Because we're not making a deliberate choice to repent, no matter how hard the fight or the draw is. But having, like we were talking about on that 21-day challenge, where the the new ex, the expulsing power of a new new found affection. I'm so in love with Jesus, and I'm going after Him so crazy that these things fade away, like the song says. The things of the world grow strangely dim. You understand? We're not. So we need to go back and find out what's going on with our kids, because this is what we do. We do, a, we do quick repair work. We pluck the fruit that we don't like. Cutting and cussing and stealing and lust. And we take the fruit off. Root, look how the roots are way down there. And what happens if you just take the fruit off and the roots are still anchored? What happens? Fruit comes back, doesn't it? In due season. Well, I used to cut myself four months ago. Well, if you didn't address the roots, then you're probably going to start again. You understand? And that's why we go back to the same thing over and over again. So look, we're repairing roots this year. I'm looking for Friday night to be an unbelievable service of restoration and repair work and things that happen. I want, I mean, we want kids to be broken and crying and weeping and God to move and maybe restoration of families and homes and parents and God to be on the scene Friday night at that event. And his love is just going to rain down because God's in the hobby of restoring lives. That's what he does. And that's what we want for Friday night. And then we're going to look at the timeline on Saturday of the restoration in America and its history. Phil Joel's going to do a session on Saturday. It's going to be power packed. And then on Saturday night, we're going to teach our kids to be the repairers. You understand? So we're excited. Can you tell? We are excited about this. So. This is what we need from you. I'm just letting you know this. Instead of three weeks in advance, like seven or eight weeks in advance, you can go to the next slide. We're collecting an offering on Sunday, January 23rd. Okay? Now, if you want to give before that and you have a business or you know tax exempt or a write-off or whatever, donation to a nonprofit or whatever it is, that's where we are. Okay? And we'll take it. Now, I mean, let's be honest here. Every dollar helps, but if you're like, well, I could give a thousand, but I only want to give, look, you're kind of in control of how much you want, how much of a difference that you make in this. This is not all about money, you understand. I'd love to do it for free. I'd love the money to already be there, but they do cost money, and we want to do an excellent job at this. 
and do a good job. So, um, pastor's going to come and deliver the word this morning, but if you would, let's pray. Bow your head. Be thinking of how you can help what you want to be a part of this year, whether it's the marketing team or going out like crazy and inviting parents or whatever it is or your friends, because we want that place filled this year because we need our city and our town restored and repaired on a root level. So let's pray. Father God, we are excited. We're excited, Lord Jesus, that we, we decided to go ahead and do this again, to not be discouraged, Lord Jesus, by the finances, by the money, or by anything else, or by fear of not filling it, or by fear of what people will say, or by fear of how people will look and point and laugh and say that we're wasting our time, Lord. God, we have all the faith in the world in you. It's the evidence of things not seen. Even though we can't see anything yet with our physical eye, Lord, we believe. We pray right now in a advance for the families, the kids, Lord Jesus, uh, the school systems of ones that will have favor with of announcing this and getting superintendents behind and, and teachers and uh, fellowship of Christian student clubs and things like that inside of school where the kids are, wherever, whatever we have to do, Lord, we pray, God, that we would do it in a way that is honoring you, Lord Jesus, that we would do it right. We specifically pray for the restoration, for the planning process, that you would continue anoint those uh, that are beside uh, Jen and I. We thank you for a pastor that is supportive of this father god and we pray lord that we would not neglect our duty lord of whatever it is that you've called us to do lord but god sometimes we think if we're not called we don't do anything so help us just to get up and to do something and to contribute lord god i ask lord that you will continue to bless the rest of this service god in jesus name amen thank you so much for your time every year we try to let you know what's going on because you know, you are new hope that's just the way it is. Uh, restoration, when I think in my own mind and the own logic that I have as a 61-year-old, I could save a lot of money. Forget the bands. Forget Seacrest. But I, I don't believe that's what God wants. Not that God's in the bands, um, but I believe 15-year-olds are and 14-year-olds are and 13-year-olds are and 16-year-olds are. So in my heart, I look at a band as a worm on the hook. To me, the band is baked to just try to stir the kids to come for some reason. And we're not looking for a Christian concert. We're not looking for 1,200 or 50, I don't know how many that place holds, Christians. We're looking for 500 Christians to come and bring two friends. That's a 1,000 unsaved people or a 1,000 wishy-washy in the things of God. And if you've been to the restoration, when people speak, they present the word of God strong. And so that's why we're doing it. We don't, don't want to do it here, New Hope Church. We want to do it out in the city, in the city where they see us and hear us. And so, again, just be praying uh, for your part. It takes an army, and you've always come through, and I'm sure you will again. So that's why Adam takes a little bit of time. Actually, I forgot he was going to do it today until mm, two or three hours ago. So what actually I have to do actually kind of fits into what he was saying. Um, this morning's message, this week has been another crazy week uh, with Ruthie's illness. Um, went to the office uh, last night. Didn't have any heat at the office for some reason. Don fixed it, got a little bit of heat. Went back there this morning, had no internet and no heat. So it was an unusual, weird start. Um, worship in Adam was supposed to be over at 11. It's now 1127. So it's just kind of everything's been kind of out of sorts. But I can pare down, I believe, what God would have me to say to you because I believe it is absolutely essential. Now, the title is a little different, a little unusual. But the title to me is Ebenezer Scrooge is Alive and Well in America. Now, how many have gotten to see Ebenezer Scrooge sometime in the last 50 weeks, it seems like? He's been on TV uh, umpteen different people. Okay, so you kind of know about Ebenezer Scrooge. Now I'm going to give you the text. Let's stand. Adam threw a lot of stuff at you. Take it in. Don't shake it off. But let's get ready to hear the Word of God. The opening text. Romans 14.10. You might probably try to figure out how this lines up with Ebenezer. Well, I think it will, and you'll see. Romans 14.10 says, But what dost thou... But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? 
And here's the part we want to key in on. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we shall all, every one of us, every one of us individually are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Like a courtroom, you walk in and there's Christ, the judge, behind the big desk or pulpit, whatever it is, however it's going to be, you will stand before him someday by yourself. Ed, would you take us before the Lord? We're going to look at Romans 14, 10 again, but listen, we're going to read it in the New Living Translation. And listen carefully. Listen what the Word of God. Now remember, these are not suggestions. This is the Word of God, the written form of the Word of God. We know that Christ's name is the Word, and you're going to stand before the Word, and you're going to be judged by the Word. So this is a good opportunity for you to understand and to line yourself up with the Word of God because you will be judged by it. So the New Living Translation, a little more modern translation for us to understand, Romans 14.10 says, So why do you condemn another Christian? Why do you look down on another Christian? Remember, here's what I want you to remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. Each of us. And then we see it again in 2 Corinthians 5.10. It goes on and says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. Everyone. No one is going to miss a judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is at least for those who are saved. If you are in a white throne judgment line, you are damned, eternally lost. So at least this line is speaking to those who know Christ, to those who are supposed to have the Word of God hidden in their heart that they might not sin against God. Those who hear the trumpet blown, as Adam was blowing it today, again about the restoration or whatever we attempt to try to do to win souls and respond to it. These are those who are children of the light. That should be you. So in other words, this is saying, so when we pass from these bodies... These bodies that are aging on us, then we will be standing in front of Christ. When we move from this world and go to the world beyond, we are going to give account. Do you understand? Account according to what we have done with our life, whether good or whether bad. We're going to stand before God. The judgment seat of Christ, first of all, one of the very first things we're going to have judged is the very fact that what did you do? What did you do with your life? Now, the typical American, well, used to, now jobs are hard to find, but you could work 20 or 30 or 40 years as a truck driver or in a steel mill. Remember, we talk about, I guess you get married, I guess you have a few kids, and if you want, I guess you got to buy a pet and maybe buy a house, read a newspaper, root for a sports team, or go fishing, or figure out where you're going to live when you retire. And that's our life. And that's what you're going to stand before God and give him for proof of the life he's given you. That's what you're going to tell him. That's what you did with your life. Now, that is so contrary to what you and I are supposed to do. But this is what happens to us. Secondly, it will be uh, our motivations for why you did what you did even here. I will be uh, judged for my motivations, for attempting to be a pastor. They're attempting to speak the word of God and why we did restoration or why we did this or why I made that decision. You will be judged by all of this, by God himself, Christ, the judge. He was our judge at this judgment seat of Christ. Now, I believe it is possible to be born again and waste your life. Absolutely waste it. Waste your life, and I believe every American teeter-totters on that line of wasting their life. <clears throat> now, look what uh, Genesis 4.9, let's look at this scripture. Wherein does our responsibility lie towards God? Genesis 4.9 gives us light. It says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? So the first question would be, how do you think God would answer that if you said that to God? If God came to you and said, hey, where is so-and-so? Huh? 
I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for him? How do you figure God would answer this question? Well, Matthew 16, 25 sheds, sheds some light on this. And this is how you and I are supposed to live while we have this opportunity in this world. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, meaning for Christ's sake, for the gospel's sake, living for God and shunning the world. God says, then you will have life. But those of us who try to hoard our lives, Scrooge, those of us who try to be misers, God said, you will lose your life. Absolutely lose it. Philippians 2, 3 and 5 in the New Living Translation says this, Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Absolutely better than yourselves. Don't think only about your own affairs, Scrooge, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. Verse 5 says, your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. So my title saying Ebenezer Scrooge is alive and well in America. We know that that Christmas carol, the, the Ebenezer Scrooge character himself was wealthy beyond measure. We'd always see him counting his money and, and all the various little ways they represent him. He kept all his wealth to himself. It didn't matter if he destroyed someone else in their business or their dreams. He was a miser. He was stingy. He had no concern for the poor and destitute. He ignored their need. Then die and decrease the surplus population. To me, those of us who know Christ, those who know that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, like the precious soul that was saved right here at the altar, those who have come to Christ and are now filled with the Word of God, to me are the wealthiest, richest people in the entire world. In the entire world. Wealthy, filthy rich. Because you know Christ. Because you know your sins have been forgiven. You know that your name is now written on the Lamb's Book of Life. If you were to die immediately right now in front of us, that absent from the body would be present with the Lord, that you would be ushered into the kingdom of heaven on streets of gold, you would see Christ face to face. No more tears, no more cancer, no more heartaches. Life eternal. Yours with Christ in heaven. You're rich. The Word of God tells us in Psalms 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect. The Word of God, absolutely perfect. There's nothing else perfect in the world. Cars rust. Cars get old. Houses need painted. Things always break down. Nothing perfect. But the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. The Bible tells us. Rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure. No strings attached. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. It's a clean reverence fear. A holy fear. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, fine gold, the best gold there is. And I was going to ask, John Ajara, what's the price of gold, the ounce? $1,400 an ounce. And God says, what you have is greater than gold, greater than much fine gold. If you ever went and sold some of your old jewelry, your old gold back, they can tell what carrot it is. And for this one, you might get 10 bucks, and this one, you'll get 50 bucks, even though this one's smaller than that one, but this has much finer gold. And at $1,400 an ounce, think of that, an ounce. God is declaring to you and I that what you have 
eternal salvation is greater than the finest, purest gold known to man. The Bible says in Psalms 119.72, says, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thousands. You can't watch television without somebody coming on and, I don't have any change in my pocket. Click, click, click. What's that? That's the sound of gold. Like you need it. That's what they're telling you, that this is, this is uh, recession-proof gold. And God's telling us that this, the Word of God, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And to me, one of the most important, or one of the greatest testimonies in a verse is found in Mark 8.36, where it says this, For what shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world? Isn't that what all these dictators are about? Constantly throughout the ages of man. Always wanting total control back to Nimrod. God says if you, uh, what's it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So the word of God is unbelievably valuable. And you have it right in here. Now, where's the Scrooge part come in? What did Scrooge do with his value? What did Scrooge do with his gold and his silver? He hoarded it. He miser, stingy, didn't share, didn't care, held it to his own. What are we doing with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? What are we doing with that value, that richness, and that wealth? Are you sharing? Are you witnessing? Are you talking about Christ? Are you giving uh, the testimony of what God done when a door is open? Or are you a Scrooge with it? This, to me, is what you're going to stand in front of Christ all about. It's not church attendance, although important. By hearing the word comes that faith that you need to walk. It's not in, in tithing, although important. If God said you'll be cursed. The whole thing with the church and the reason for us being planted here and sustained here by the power of God is to share the gospel. It is the restoration. That's just one small part that we're going to do, but everybody's life everywhere. And when you don't and you hoard that, you're a scrooge. But the greatest wealth, how are you any different? He's hoarding that which is damnable, gold and silver. We're hoarding the word of God and the good news. Not witnessing and testifying. And in the Christmas carol, what happens? Somehow, uh, his partner, Jacob Marley, comes back. Comes back to him. To warn him. And I couldn't find the version, but one of the versions says that he was, he's back for your sake. I'm back for you, Scrooge, for your, for your redemption, it's even said. It's the perfect gospel and a Christmas carol. And the one I found even has the words. And Marley's beyond himself because he didn't share the things he could have shared. Is what he's saying. And Scrooge replies and says, you were always a good businessman. And he screams back, what? Mankind was my business. That's you and me. And in this Christmas carol, as Marley comes back to attempt to save Scrooge, this is kind of what the thought was today. It was in my mind that it's our job to share it. And when we don't share it, we're worse than the Ebenezer Scrooge we see in the Christmas carol. Worse. Because the word tells us it's much greater than the most precious $1,400 an ounce gold. What you have, and you keep it to yourself. We are no better than Ebenezer Scrooge. In fact, we are worse. Absolutely worse. And you're going to stand before Christ.